وَمَا كُنْتَ بِجَانِبِ الْغَرْبِيِّ وَمَا and not كُنْتَ You were, O Prophet wasallam, بِجَانِبِ On side الْغَرْبِيِّ The western إِذْ when قَضَيْنَا We conveyed إِلَى to Musa Musa alayhi salam الْأَمْرَ The matter The command وَمَا and not Kunta, you were men from Ashahideen, the witnesses. The Prophet ﷺ is being addressed in these verses. That, O Prophet, ma kunta bijanibil gharbiyi. You were not, meaning you were not present at janibil gharbiyi. Janib from jamb, meaning side, and al gharbiyi, ghain ra'ba, meaning the western. Maghrib, west. Right? Place of setting. And gharbiyi is that which is western. Meaning, you were not present at the western side of the mountain. When, إِذْ قَضَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَى الْأَمْرِ When we conveyed the command to Musa alayhi salam. قَضَيْنَا from the word qada, qaf dadia, qada is to order, and qada ila is to convey a command. Or rather to convey something, to convey some information or a command. So, إِذْ قَضَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَى الْأَمْرِ When we gave the command to Musa alayhi salam. Which command was given to Musa alayhi salam? To go to Fir'aun, right? And to deliver the Bani Israel. Meaning, Ya Rasulullah, you are not present there on the western side of the mount, watching Musa alayhi salam, coming to the mountain, climbing up the mountain, and then looking at the tree, and then being called out, you were not present over there, hearing the conversation that happened on the right side of the valley. We learned that Musa alayhi salam, he heard the sound from the right side of the valley, right? So the opposite of that would be the western side. Alright? So you were not present there, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وَمَا كُنْتَ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ And you were not among the witnesses. You were not present over there witnessing this entire incident. So how do you know then? How are you narrating this incident as if it was an eyewitness account? The detail in which it is mentioned about how Musa perceived the fire and how he came and the whole beautiful description that is given of the conversation that took place between Musa and Allah Azza wa Jalla. How did the Prophet know about this? And besides, there were thousands of years between Musa salam and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu could not have been present over there. So how do you know? Allah says, وَلَكِنَّا But we anshatna We produced from insha' Noon, sheen, hamza. Nasha'a to cause to grow. Insha' to produce. So we produced قُرُونًا Generations. Plural of the word? قَرْن Meaning, after Musa salam and before you, there were so many generations that came. And what happened to these generations, to all of these people? فَتَطَاوَلَ So it prolonged. From the word تَطَاوَل, طُول. Basically is the root تَطَاوَلَام. طُول. طُول is the length of something. Alright? And تَطَاوَل is when something becomes extremely long. So tatawala, it became very long. Alayhim on them. On who? On the generations that came before you, after Musa salam. What became very long? Al-umur, the age, meaning the time, the duration. 
the years. وَلَكِنَّا أَنْشَأْنَا قُرُونًا فَتَطَاوَلَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْعُمُرُ Meaning, many years passed after Musa salam, before you came, many generations came, and in this time, what happened? Knowledge disappeared. Revelation ceased. After Isa salam, especially, there was no prophet that came, no revelation that came, until finally Muhammad wasallam was sent as a messenger. So basically what is being said is that this story, yes, there are some people who are familiar with it, the Ahlul Kitab, alright? However, all of these details also, they're not as familiar with all of these details that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. And besides, with the passage of time, what is it that they do with the scripture? They kept it to themselves. Isn't it? They did not inform other people about it. So, فَتَطَاوَلَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْعُمُرُ Meaning, a long time passed, and the Ahlul Kitab, either they lost the knowledge they had, or whatever they had, they kept it with themselves. So basically the point is that there's no way the Prophet ﷺ could have learned about this incident, this entire qasas himself. He could not have learned it himself. Because the Ahlul Kitab were very stingy with their knowledge. And besides, so many years had passed, the Prophet ﷺ could not have been present over there. So he could not have seen it, you know, by himself. He could not have learned it himself. There's no way. وَمَا كُنْتَ And you were not سَاوِيًا Resident. سَاوِيًا from the root letters سَاوَوْيَ We have learned the word مَثْوَى Right? مَثْوَى is abode. A place where a person lives. Sawiyan is a person who lives somewhere, a resident. Alright? Basically, thawa is to bury something. Okay? Now when you bury something, it stays there for a long period of time, maybe forever, until the end of time. When it's buried, it's buried, it's staying there. Correct? If something is exposed, then what happens? It's taken from one place to the other. Right, travelers pick it up, passers-by pick it up, and its location changes. But when something is buried, then it stays there. Alright? So from this, the word thawiyan is used for a person who is a permanent resident of a certain place. Okay? So the Prophet ﷺ is now addressed here that, وَمَا كُنْتَ thawiyan, You are not even a resident fi ahli Madian, amongst the people of Madian. Tatlu that you recite, alayhim on them, ayatina, our verses. Meaning when Musa salam came to Madian, were you there? Was the Prophet wasallam there? Was he sent as a prophet to the people of Madian so that he would be reciting the verses of Allah to the people of Madian? Was he sent over there as a prophet? No, he wasn't there. Right? So how is it that the Prophet wasallam knows about the fact that Musa salam ended up in Madian and then the incident of the two ladies, and then how he got married, and how he stayed there. How did the Prophet ﷺ learn about all of these details? Allah says, وَلَكِنَّا كُنَّا مُرْسِلِينَ وَلَكِنَّا But we كُنَّا We were, we are مُرْسِلِينَ Ones who sent. Meaning, we are the ones who have sent this message to you. That is how you know about this قصص. Otherwise, there was no way 
that you could find out about the story yourself. The fact is that the most authentic source of past historical events okay, is in fact the Book of Allah. It is the Qur'an. Because who is the narrator over here? Who is the one giving us this naba, this information? It is Allah Azza wa Jal. Who always was, is and will be. Who is Al-Hayy Al-Ladhi La Yamut. Who is the ever-living, the one who does not die. The one who has perfect as-summer, the perfect hearing and the perfect basar, the perfect vision. And the one who has complete, absolute, total, all-encompassing ilm, knowledge. So, He is the one who has given us the details of this account of Musa alayhi salam. And there's no way of finding out about these details by yourself. There's no way. Because one way of learning about these details would be that a person is a shahid. A person is present over there. While nobody was present over there. The Prophet ﷺ was not there. There was no other person over there. Even Harun alayhi salam was not there. Right? And then secondly... Another source could be that you learn from the people who have the scripture. But what happened with the scripture over time? It was changed, it was altered by people, so the knowledge in it is not 100% reliable anymore. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ taught us that when we learn something from the previous scriptures, we should neither affirm it nor should we reject it. If it contradicts the Qur'an and Sunnah, then for sure we reject it. But if it doesn't contradict the Qur'an and Sunnah, then we just remain Silent. Right? So, how is it that the Prophet ﷺ knows about these details? It's because Allah is the one who has revealed these details. Now, Surah Al-Qasas is a Makki Surah. And through these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, first of all, giving a confidence to the Prophet ﷺ through the many lessons that can be learned from the story of Musa salam. Okay? And secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also proving the proof of prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa This is the evidence that this man is not a liar. This is the evidence that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was not a fabricator. He was not an inventor. He was not a liar. What is the evidence? The content of the Qur'an. The history that is recorded in the Qur'an. That it is accurate. وَمَا كُنْتَ And you were not. Meaning you were not present. بِجَانِبِ الطُّورِ At the side of the mount. إِذْ نَادَيْنَا When we called out. You are not present at the side of the mountain when we called out to who? To Musa a.s. Meaning you didn't hear that call. وَلَكِن But, meaning you have been given this information as رَحْمَةً مِّن رَبِّكْ As a mercy from your Lord. This is رَحْمَةً Knowledge is a mercy. Mercy of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, think about it, there's so many things that exist. Right? So many things have happened. And there's no way we can learn everything. There's no way that we can discover everything. Right? And we see that each time we learn about something, we discover something, what happens? It makes our life easier. Doesn't it? Like for example, I mean, everybody knows that when you drop something, it's going to fall to the ground. It's understandable. Even children know that. Correct? But what happened when once upon a time, a man, he saw an apple falling and he said, oh, there's a force pulling. 
right? Now this realization that there is a force, there is some energy, something that is pulling everything towards the earth, right? I mean, this realization, this understanding, hasn't it made physics easier? Right? Hasn't it made our life easier? I mean, when you have simple questions answered, your curiosity, I mean, that is satisfied, it puts your mind at ease. So, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us some knowledge that we cannot discover or reach ourselves, this is Allah's mercy. The story of Musa alayhi we could never have learned it ourselves. When Allah has taught us, this is a mercy of Allah. And this is why we should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this ilm. I mean really, we are so familiar with the story of Musa alayhi salam and we casually think about it, we narrate it, we talk about it, we discuss it without thinking that this is really Allah's favor on us that He taught us this, this part of history. When I was uh, reading last night the lesson and I realized it, I saw this ayah before Surah An-Nama. And when I go back Surah An-Nama, it says only the end part of the ayah. When Allah just informed us that He go with His family and He saw uh, light. But it didn't explain why they left. But this Surah Qasas, when I learned, it says from the beginning and shows Allah's mercy because... And that's the way they wrote the stories. When you read the books, that's the, everybody when they wrote, how they wrote the stories, is they give you the end of the story or the movies and you go back from the beginning because you have to be interested. And this is not something that they invented. It's something that Allah inspired to us yes. through the Quran yeah. many years ago. And that shows that everything we're doing without knowing or knowing is from Allah. And yeah. that's mercy everybody it's from Allah. Exactly. I mean, it's a complete story, right? And knowing the complete story, that is also a mercy. Right? Why is it that sometimes you watch a movie and at the end you're like, that was such a bad end. Right? That was such a bad end. I don't feel satisfied. Does it have a part two to it? Does it have a part two and a part three and, and whatever to it? Right? You don't feel that sense of accomplishment. And then I think the saddest part is knowing that this is not true, yet you were so affected by it. I mean, seriously. You know that it's 100% false. But yet, how much you are affected by it, you're captivated by it, that for so long you were just thinking about it, you're worried about it, your heart is palpitating, and you're feeling excited, or you're feeling worried. But the sad thing is that you know it's false. It's any kadib. But the Qur'an, the story that Allah has mentioned over here, in Surah Al-Qasas of Musa a.s., I think the best part is knowing that this is true. It actually happened. So, وَلَكِنْ رَحْمَةً مِّن رَبِّكَ And also it's a mercy because it's not just a story for the purpose of entertainment, for the purpose of increase in knowledge. It's a story that is so relevant to so many people across the world, across different times. I mean, the story was so relevant to the Prophet ﷺ at the time when this was revealed. And you could also very easily say that the story is so relevant to our times. Right? In every time you could say the story is so relevant, so relevant. So because of the relevance, you find lessons, you find benefits, you can actually learn from it, and you can apply those lessons in your life. Because of the story you have hope. Because of the story you increase in your faith, in your hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So walakin rahmatan min rabbik litunzira and why is it that this message has been sent to you O Prophet sallallahu so that you may warn qauman a people which people ma atahum ma not atahum it came to them min nadirin any warner min qablika from before you la'allahum yatadhakkarun so that they might be reminded meaning the Prophet ﷺ, why is it that he has been chosen as a prophet and why is it that he is being given revelation so that he would be a warner to a people who had not previously been warned? Meaning to whom prophets had not been sent to before. And specifically this is about who? The Arabs. Because remember that the prophets were sent to the Bani Israel, not amongst the Bani Ismail. And this can also be understood in the general sense. That so many people, they have no clue about God, about hereafter, about paradise, about hell, about angels. I mean, basic matters of faith. They have no clue. But through the preservation of the Qur'an, this haqq is also made to reach them. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 19, Allah says, يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولُنَا يُبَيِّنُ لَكُمْ عَلَى فَتْرَةٍ مِّنَ الرُّسُلِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا جَاءَنَا مِنْ بَشِيرٍ وَلَا نَذِيرٍ فَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ بَشِيرٌ وَنَذِيرٍ وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ That basically a prophet has come to you so that you cannot say later that no prophet came to us. Certainly a prophet has now come to you. وَلَوْلَا and if not, and that, tusibahum, it would reach them, musibatun, a disaster, a calamity, bima, because of what? qaddamat aydihim, their hands have put forth, meaning, the sins that these people have committed, okay, they are certainly deserving of punishment. I mean, think about it. Just look at the Arab society at the time when the Prophet ﷺ came, okay? Just think about the different forms of slavery that existed at that time. One form was of kidnapping, of abduction. Alright, that you just kidnap anybody, whoever that you can get your hands on, alright, and you sell them as a slave. I mean, who will say that yes, this is good? Which person could say that this is good? And if somebody says that this is good, would majority of the people agree with them? Really, is this something that's moral or immoral? It's clearly immoral. Isn't it? So if a person kidnaps another and sells them as a slave, this is immoral. You don't need the Qur'an to tell you this is immoral. Your heart will tell you this is wrong. Your fitra will tell you that it is wrong. Burying a child alive, when you can hear the baby crying, when you can hear the six-year-old girl crying, screaming, gasping for breath, burying such a child alive, which person could say that, yeah, this is good? I mean, your heart will tell you this is immoral. Right? Now, many of these crimes, prostitution, I mean, what is this? Right? But these things were very common amongst the Arabs at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Right? So, this is what, مَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ What their hands have put forth. And these sins, these actions are such that they made these people deserving of punishment. Isn't it? So if Allah would punish them for the wrong that they were doing, would Allah be unfair in doing that? If Allah would punish them for burying their children alive, for forcing people into slavery, for acts such as prostitution and all of that, if Allah would punish them because of these sins, would that be unfair? Would that be unfair? Tell me. 
it wouldn't be unfair. Right? But still, Allah Azza wa Jalla, He sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a messenger. So, walawla, and if not, an tusibahum musibatun bima qaddamat aydihim, they are guilty, they are deserving of a musibah, of a disaster, of a punishment, because of what their hands have put forth. But still, what would these people say if they were to be punished? Fayaqulu, they would say, Rabbana, our Lord, Lawla, why not arsalta ilayna rasula? Why did you not send to us a messenger? Fanattabi'a ayatika, then we would follow your verses, your commands, wanakuna minal mu'mineen, and we would be among the believers. Right? Meaning, if Allah did not send a prophet, then what would people say on the Day of Judgment? That Allah, why didn't you send a prophet to us? If you had sent a prophet to us, we would have believed in him, we would have followed your commands, we would have been really good. Alright? So, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as a messenger to basically establish the argument against people. That even if a prophet has not come to you, still, Allah has created this morality within you. Allah has created you upon fitrah. You have this ability to distinguish between right and wrong. So if Allah were to punish you without even sending a prophet to you, Allah would not be doing anything unfair. But just so that you have no argument left against Allah, this is why Allah has also sent a prophet. Now let's see what you do. You understand this ayana? Now let's see what you do. Allah has sent a messenger as an added favor. This is the point of the ayah. Allah has sent a messenger as an added favor on you. Alright? Because even if Allah did not send prophets, okay, still we see that Allah has created means of guidance for people. First of all, the fitrah itself. You know, this is why many scientists, they say that if a bunch of babies were just thrown on an island and left there to grow on, on their own, they would probably grow up believing in a god. Because this a part of your brain, which is programmed to basically believing in God. I mean, this is scientifically established. Alright? Now, of course, they will say oh, it's because of evolution and all of that. Yani, this is within human beings. Which is why you see that even in the Amazon, I mean, in the middle of those forests, you have these people, they have some kind of belief. Isn't it? And of course, shaitan has misled every group of people. He hasn't spared anyone, whether they live in the Amazon or somewhere else in the world. Right? Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, you know, created this universe such that it makes you think about your beginning, where you came from, and where you're going. Right? The universe itself uh, points to its creator. Right? Like for example, a man, he was asked about about uh, God, that there was this Bedouin, and he was asked that, how do you know there is a God? Right? And he said that, I know there is a God, because when you see, for example, dung, all right, you know that an animal has passed from here. Right? An animal walked here. The dung is the evidence of a camel, a horse, a cow. It didn't come there by itself. There was a cause because of which this effect has happened. 
Right? So we are, what are we? A result of cause and effect. So what was the cause? The cause has to be something beyond this creation. Outside of this creation. Outside the realm of time, space, and matter. Right? So this universe itself is a proof to the existence of God, to the oneness of God, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, before he was raised as a messenger, we learned that there were some people in Arabia who were known as the Hunafa. Who were the Hunafa? Hunafa. Who are they? People who didn't worship idols. They didn't worship idols. Even though idolatry was all around them, they did not worship idols. There were people who were living in Mecca, born in that idolatry, but what happened? They knew it was not right. They knew it did not make sense. Amongst them was also the uncle of Khadija radiallahu anha. Right? So what happened? These people, they traveled, they left their home, they traveled across the lands to seek the truth. What happened to Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu? Was he satisfied with the fire worship that he was born into? He wasn't. So this is a proof that prophets are not necessary. You understand? Allah did not really have to send prophets in order to guide people. There are enough proofs, enough reasons for people to find guidance. So if Allah has sent prophets, what is that? An added favor, an added mercy, a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So people basically have no excuse left now to deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 165, Allah says, رُسُلًا مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنذِرِينَ لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَى اللَّهِ حُجَّةٌ بَعْدَ الرُّسُلِ That Allah sent messengers as bringers of good news and as warners so that people will have no argument against Allah after the messengers. But what happened when the Prophet ﷺ came? فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمُ الْحَقُّ then when the truth came to them, مِنْ عِنْدِنَا from us, قَالُوا they said, لَوْلَا why not, utia he was given, mitla similar to, مَا that which, utia Musa, Musa was given. So when the mushrikeen of Makkah, when they heard the story of Musa a.s., alright, they said, well, if Muhammad wasallam, if you are also a prophet, how come you have not been given similar miracles as Musa was given? Right? He was given his glowing hand and he was given his staff. Why not you? How come you have not been given similar miracles? Allah says, Awalam, a did wa and lam not, meaning did they not already, yakfuru, they disbelieve, bima in that which utiya Musa, Musa was given min qablu before. Meaning if they're demanding miracles, like the ones which were given to Musa a.s. Well, do these people believe in Musa a.s.? Did the mushrikeen believe in Musa a.s.? If they believe in him, they would have been following the Torah. Isn't it? They didn't believe in him. You know, this is why it is said, in kunta kaduban fakun zakuran. That if you're gonna lie, then at least remember your lies. Right? That if you're saying that you should have similar miracles like Musa a.s., well, you already denied Musa a.s. You don't believe in him. So if you don't believe in him, even if he was given a thousand miracles, they don't matter. أَوَلَمْ يَكْفُرُوا بِمَا أُوتِيَ مُوسَى مِنْ قَبْلُ قَالُوا They said, meaning the mushrikeen, they said, سِحْرَانِ تَظَاهَرًا سِحْرَانِ This is the dual of 
سحر سحر magic سحران two magics meaning two actions of two works of magic they said these two are just two works of magic meaning Musa yes even the Yahud talk about him he was probably just a magician right and they said Muhammad sallallahu he is also a magician Musa he did magic with his hand and his stick and Muhammad sallallahu he does magic with his words with his recitation with his poetry Sihrani. These are two works of magic. Talahara. Talahara, they two support each other. Talahara from Talahur. And notice the alif at the end. What is the alif for? What is the alif for? Dual. Hmm? I think there should be some homework for this assignment that you should find at least ten words which are tathniya. Okay? New unique words. Like we have learned hataini. Alright? These are all dual. Okay, whether they're verbs or nouns, doesn't matter. But words which are tathniya. Okay? Anyway, talahara, they both, they both have assisted each other. This is from talahur. Talahur from lahar. Lahar is back. Okay? And talahur is to help each other. Because when you help each other, you're basically, you know, backing up each other. Right? So, they said, these are two works of magic. Alright? From the same line of magic, Quran, Torah, that staff, this speech, and both are just forms of magic assisting the same cause, assisting the same mission. وَقَالُوا and they said, إِنَّا بِكُلٍّ كَافِرُونَ Indeed we are for each disbelievers. Meaning we don't believe in either of them. We don't believe in Musa, we don't believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I mean this is what the Arabs would say about Musa alayhi wa And yet they are saying, that Muhammad ﷺ should be given similar miracles. The reality is that when a person does not want to believe, then he will come up with one excuse or another. Alright? Now this ayah can be understood in a different way also. That, أَوَلَمْ يَكْفُرُوا بِمَا أُوتِيَ مُوسَى مِنْ قَبْلِ Did they not disbelieve in what Musa was given before? And they can refer to people of Fir'aun. Alright? Meaning Musa was given miracles. But did the people believe just by seeing miracles? Did that happen? No, it didn't happen. Instead, what happened? Qalu, they said, the people of Fir'aun, they said, Sihran, and this has been read as Sahiran. Okay, meaning two magicians. And who were the two magicians according to them? Musa and Harun. That these are two magicians who have Talahara, who have helped each other. This is a scheme. And they said, we deny both of them. Musa and Harun, both we reject. So the people of Mecca are being taught a lesson over here that think about what you're saying. You want that which was given to Musa? Do you know what was done to Musa? The way you are denying your messenger, Musa was denied in the same way. The thing is that if a person wants guidance, then he doesn't need to see miracles. He doesn't even need to see a messenger of Allah. Alright? He doesn't need proofs. He doesn't. Because if a person wants to believe, the haqq is evident. Yes, proofs, miracles, and all of these things, they do help. They do increase iman. They do strengthen iman. But they can never be the cause of iman. Remember that. They can never be the cause of iman. So if a person says that, you know, logically prove to me. Give me evidences. Just make me understand. You can't make them understand. You can't prove to them. Alright? Like Ibrahim alayhi salam, 
he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Rabbi Arini Kaifa Tuhil Mauta. Oh my Lord, show me how you revive, how you will give life to the dead. Allah asked, Awalam Tu'min, do you not believe? What did Ibrahim alayhi salam say? Bala, of course I do. Walakin liyatma inna qalbi. But I want my heart to be reassured. Of course I believe. I just want more clarity. I just want more strength in my faith. Right? So iman doesn't come, is not a result of seeing a miracle. Okay? Iman comes with accepting the truth, seeking the truth. قُلْ say, فَأْتُوا Then bring بِكِتَابٍ With a scripture, come with a book, with a scripture, bring a scripture, مِنْ عِلْمِ اللَّهِ From Allah, هُوَ It is, meaning that scripture should be أَهْدَى Better guided, more guided. مِنْهُمَا Than these two. Which two? The Qur'an and the Torah. Okay? Meaning, if you don't believe in the Torah, you don't believe in the Qur'an, you don't like Torah, you don't like the Qur'an, then what is it that you like? You want something else? Okay, bring a book from Allah. And that book should contain more guidance, better guidance than the Qur'an and the Torah combined. And if you bring something like that, attabi'hu, I shall follow it. Because whatever comes from Allah, we follow it. In kuntum sadiqeen, if you should be truthful. So basically, the message over here is, what do you want then? What do you want then in order to believe, in order to accept? فَإِن then if لَمْ يَسْتَجِيبُوا لَكَ They do not respond to you. يَسْتَجِيبُ from istijaba جِيمْ وَوْبَى If they're not able to respond to you, meaning they're not able to bring a book from Allah, which they won't be able to. فَعْلَمْ Then know that أَنَّمَا That indeed not but, meaning that only يَتَّبِعُونَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ They're only following their desires. They're not seeking the truth. Because if they wanted the truth, they would have believed in the Torah and the Injil before. They would have believed in the Qur'an now. The fact is that they're not seeking the truth. What is it that they want to do? They want to follow their own desires. And the one who follows his own desires, وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ And who is more astray? مِمَّنْ than who? اِتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ He follows his desire بِغَيْرِ هُدًا مِنَ اللَّهِ Without any guidance from Allah. Who could be more lost than the one who follows his own desire? Inna Allah la yahdil qawm al-zalimeen. Indeed, Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. Meaning, this is not the way of Allah, to force guidance on people. That a person wants to follow his desire, and he's not allowed to, and guidance is forced on him. No, this is not the way of Allah. Guidance is not that cheap, that it is forced down people's necks. The haq is not that cheap that it is forced down people's necks. It has rizzah, it has honor. It doesn't need to be rejected and treated in a harsh way. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ What do we learn in this ayah? That basically, we have two options. There is no third option. One is that we follow the book of Allah. And the other option is that we follow our own desires. Either a person is following the book of Allah or he is following his own desires. There is no third way. Absolutely no third way. If a person's life is not according to what Allah has legislated, then it is according to what? His own desires. And the one who begins to follow his own desires, 
then who could be more astray than him, more lost than him? No one could be. Meaning the person who follows his own desire, then such a person is lost, completely lost. You see, any form of shirk also, what is that in reality? Following desire. Right? Because those who commit shirk, in reality they're following their desires because they choose what they want to worship, when they want to worship, how they want to worship. Isn't it? They feel like worshiping an animal, they will do that. They feel like worshiping gold, they'll do that. They feel like worshiping something else, they'll do that. Whatever attracts them, whatever they like, whatever they desire, that's what they do. Islam is the opposite of that. Islam is that you surrender to Allah. You surrender to Allah. That your hawa, your desire, you cross it out. And you do what, what your Lord wants you to do. When He wants you to do. At the place He wants you to do. And hajj is basically a very clear manifestation of that. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمُ الظَّالِمِينَ In Surah Al-Furqan, Ayah 43, Allah says, أَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَاهُ أَفَأَنْتَ تَكُونُ عَلَيْهِ وَكِيلًا The person who has taken his God as his own desire, can you be responsible for him? No, you can't. Meaning, can you save him? Can you protect him? No, you can't. And here, we really need to think about ourselves. That where the command of Allah has come, and I know about it, and if I'm not following it, then what is it that I'm doing? What am I doing then? What's the other way? I'm following my desires. And the worst false god that is worshipped on the earth is which one? Desire. وَلَقَدْ And certainly, وَصَّلْنَا We have conveyed لَهُمْ to them الْقَوْلَ The word. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ So that they would remember. So that they would be reminded. وَصَّلْنَا From وَصَّلَ Okay, wow, sad lam. Wasala literally means to connect, all right. And tawseel is to join. Basically, tawseel is used for connecting small pieces of rope together. Okay, so let's say you have like six pieces of rope. Okay, six strands of thread or rope or something like that, and you connect them, one with the other, with the other, with the other. Okay, so as you've connected all five or six, do you have a longer rope now? You do. This is tawseel. That it was all broken up and you connected it. When you connected it, there was no gap in the middle. Alright? Before there was gap. Distance. When you connected it, there is no gap in the middle. So, وَلَقَدْ وَصَّلْنَا لَهُمُ الْقَوْلِ What does قَوْل mean over here? Revelation specifically of the Qur'an. That we have delivered the Qur'an to them. How? Repeatedly. Repeatedly. In meaning that if a certain message has been conveyed through the Qur'an, it hasn't just been conveyed once. How has it been conveyed? Repeatedly. I mean, think about how many times in the past few surahs we have come across the story of Musa a.s. And this is not the last one by the way. We're gonna go all the way up to the 30th juz. Okay? Repeating the story of Musa a.s. Again and again and again. Again and again. The lessons are being taught again and again. Why? Because we forget so easily. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ So that they can be reminded. And when they can be reminded, then they can believe. So what's the message over here? All of these ayat, when you look at them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left nothing out for the guidance of people. He has created them upon fitrah. He has 
created means that lead people to guidance. And then on top of that, he sent prophets. And with the prophets, he sent ayat, miracles, and scriptures. And the scripture is also such that it repeats its content so that people get it. When something is repeated again and again and again, and it's repeated for like the six, seven times, you're like, fine, I got it. I got it. But again you're reminded, again you're reminded. Why? So that you understand. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has left nothing out for the guidance of people. If people are still upon misguidance, it is entirely their fault. It is their choice. So no one can blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recitation. وَمَا كُنْتَ بِجَانِبِ الْغَرْبِي إِذْ قَضَيْنَا إِلَى مُوسَى الْأَمْرَ وَمَا كُنْتَ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ وَلَكِنَّا أَنْشَأْنَا قُرُونًا فَتَطَاوَلَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْعُمُرُ وَمَا كُنْتَ ثَاوِيًا فِي أَهْلِ مَدْيَنَ تَتْلُو عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِنَا وَلَكِنَّا كُنَّا مُرْسِلِينَ وَمَا كُنْتَ بِجَانِبِ الطُّورِ إِذْ نَادَيْنَا وَلَكِنْ رَحْمَةً مِنْ رَبِّكَ لِتُنْذِرَ قَوْمًا مَا أَتَاهُمْ مِنْ نَذِيرٍ لِتُنْذِرَ قَوْمًا مَا أَتَاهُمْ مِنْ نَذِيرٍ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ وَلَوْلَا أَن تُصِيبَهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ فَيَقُولُوا رَبَّنَا فَيَقُولُوا رَبَّنَا لَوْلَا أَرْسَلْتَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا فَنَتَّبِعَ آيَاتِكَ وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ عِنْدِنَا قَالُوا لَوْلَا أُوْتِيَ مِثْلَ مَا أُوْتِيَ مُوسَى أَوَلَمْ يَكْفُرُوا بِمَا أُوْتِيَ مُوسَى مِنْ قَبْلِ قَالُوا سِحْرَانِ تَظَاهَرَا وَقَالُوا قل فأتوا بكتاب من عند الله هو أهدى منهما أتبعه إن كنتم صادقين فإن لم يستجيبوا لك فاعلم أنما يتبعون أهواءهم وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنِ اتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ بِغَيْرِ هُدًى مِنَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ 
وَلَقَدْ وَصَّلْنَا لَهُمُ الْقَوْلَ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ 